0: Hello! Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Karisna O'Keefe. I'm Angelica Yard, and we talk about
1: business and life and everything in between. Every Thursday, we are here. Yes,
0: and this year, I mean, it's been a lot of the in-between and a lot of the balance because, you know, it's 2020 and and it's quite wild. Um, So just a reminder, because the debates were last night or the debate was last night, um, please take care of yourself. Uh, please take the time to take care of yourself. Self-care is more important now than ever. and you can stay informed without being plugged in 24/7. Um, one thing that my friend Morgan has been doing that I really love and admire is like she kind of just on the weekend she unplugs and she goes on social media and she's like, hey, it's Friday this week has been a lot. It's not every week, but it's, it's the weeks that are a lot, which has been a lot of the weeks in 2020. And she'll say this week was a lot. I'm not going to be back in this space until Monday. If you, you know, really need me, you have my information. You can text me or email me, but I'm, I'm, I need to take a break. And I'm like, you know what? I, I love to see that. Please don't, even if you're a business owner or a blogger or influencer or whatever, please don't feel as if you can't. Take a break from everything if you need to, you can, we're going to talk a little bit about automation and stuff later today, but it's like, yeah, you can do that sort of thing. If you're just like, I need to not see any of this for a moment. Cause I think sometimes we need that. Um, cause it's a lot. Yep.
1: And you don't have to be plugged in to everything. Like I didn't watch at the bay. I'm not going to. Um, I didn't either. I <laughs> like, actually. I'm just not going to. No, thank so you. So
0: what I watched last night was that Enola Holmes movie that just came out. On yeah, Netflix. we watched that this weekend. It was really it's good. Cute. It's, it's cute. It's cute. Uh, yeah, know, I'm still on girlfriends. Um, yes, you know, I finished <laughs> girlfriends. Um, like this past week. So like we've been like, okay, what do we watch? Because we j- like for a while we just were like just watching only girlfriends just girlfriends just girlfriends, because it's like you know we're just in it and we're like we're gonna finish so we finished that and then we were like okay we wanted to watch like a good movie last night so that we were not um what's the word like not that I'd want to put on the debate but like you know everyone of course is like texting and messaging you like John has like a group thread of his like guy friends and they were all like talking about and so we were just like let's watch something that's like a little bit more relaxing and just kind of like escape for a minute. Uh, but yeah, girlfriends was really good, and now I'm gonna make John watch the game because he's never seen an episode. Oh
1: my word! I started season because it's like half on Netflix, but the full show is on Hulu, and so I had went up until Netflix's ending point, and I was like, it ends so ridiculous that i need to keep watch- you know what i mean like i need to see what happens so you know next. what i
0: think i think that i actually have not watched to the end of the game i think i watched. i don't I think saw. i will i think i'm gonna watch until i thought i, I thought i saw to the end but now yeah. that i i had googled like the end of it and i was like oh because yeah. i remember i kept telling you like wait till you see the end and then i was like oh i don't think i actually i thought it was the end um, But it, I don't think it actually was the end of the series. I think it was like the end of like maybe. When it was it, on I CW. think there were like two. Yeah, it's something like that. And I think maybe at the time they weren't sure if it was going to be the end of the series yeah. or not. Yeah, no, they,
1: they definitely thought it was the end. And then BT yeah. swooped in two years later and then picked up the show. So by that time we were grown. This yes. is two years in the future. We were all, we had works, we had jobs, yep. we were not watching. So I didn't see any game. of that. Yeah. No. And so I started it because I was like, okay, it's very different. And but I knew you that.
0: saw to the end of like that yeah the first the
1: cw run um yeah so like
0: you saw the wedding without yes okay and that's what uh, i was like oh when angelica see because i had seen that like in in real time and i was like when she sees this she's gonna be like this hot mess absolutely not this girl has no friends um, but yeah, I thought that that was the end, and then I realized, like, oh yeah, like you said, they picked it up and had a whole new. It has nine seasons, but I That's refuse wild. to watch
1: all of them. Um, I'm just gonna watch until Pooch Hall and Tia bow out, which they are the worst characters. I definitely agree. But <laughs> so they
0: bow out at the
1: like they bow. Out, I think a season six or set okay. like the end of season six at some point they bow. That's out. Wild. They like their contract. Uh, Where the offer that BET gave them apparently was really ridiculous, and so they just didn't renew their contracts, and they just were like, "Oh, well, the show will keep going without you." And I think at some point, like a couple of other characters leave as well. So I'm like, I'm not interested in all that drama. I'm just gonna watch until these people, and then maybe I'll watch the series finale because yeah, always, they see come back for together. that. Um,
0: yeah, but it's yeah, that's just you'll half be and half it's coming out this month that and, I gave um, up on Moesha. <laughs>
1: girl
0: <laughs> you know i, I really watched tried. it for all of us i watched I, it for everyone i really tried it was really rough to get through i think i'm like in the i have like two seasons left and john, she,
1: she's in college like it starts yeah she just years. started co-
0: like she started college she's in college and it's just been a lot and john was just like john could not deal and i was like yeah i think we need just we need a break we need a break there
1: is um and and then we're gonna talk about business i promise but there's like a clip of uh tiffany pollard in new york interviewing um what's her face from moesha because she left the show at the last season like she didn't she came back as like a series guest because okay. of the dorian storyline is so ridiculous mm. which is Rachel's yeah. character if you don't haven't never watched the show the the twist is that he has been Frank Moesha's dad's son the whole time but he like treats him like so she, because of that situation the, she, you know she left she left the show she was like I'm not this is a stupid storyline I'm not I'm not into it and came on and it was like a series regular and she, her storyline in the show is that she went to Jamaica to get a job which makes no sense so she's interviewing <laughs> she's talking with oh, Tiffany Pollard God. I, exactly girl, it's a whole thing. So she's talking to Tiffany oh Collard, and Tiffany Collard, like talking to her about Ray J or whatever. Oh she oh, she's talking about her mom, like she's been a famous mom on so many shows, and she's like, "Anne, you were Ray J's mom," and she's like, "Absolutely not, I was not." Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, God. I cannot believe she's still like, hey. but she's right. It's such a dumb storyline, oh and it ties that that is how they tied Moisha into girlfriends because. Golden Maya's character is the sister of Dorian's real mom. Really? So that is how they connect oh. that. And then obviously Girlfriends is connected to the connected game to through the Joan. Game. And yeah. Melanie. Girl Melanie. Melanie Girl yeah. Because yeah,
0: yeah. um, they have that episode on Girlfriends, which yes. I don't know if we've gotten to that part yet. But... No, I
1: haven't gotten there, but I was on the episode. I saw Nisi on yeah. an episode of Girlfriends, where she just is talking, like she's eating, and I was like. This makes no sense. This whole Mm -hmm. universe. So we are all trapped in the CW universe because if you're going to watch the Parkers in a couple of weeks when it comes out on Netflix, that's also obviously a (sighs) spinoff from Moesha. We're stuck in the Moesha CW UPN universe right now. (laughs) Like it's like Marvel for black people. (laughs) Like
0: it's insane. (laughs) It's a lot, man. The 90s were like some of it you look back and you're like, I would say that like. Girlfriends so far has been the best rewatch um, oh yeah i mean the, every and a lot group. of my
1: friends who are not black have been watching girlfriends because it's just good like it's a yeah, b- better mm-hmm. sex in the city like it's it just is a better it's show. a
0: more relatable sex in the city for anyone not just for black people or people of color because it's yeah, like yes sex in the city it's like it's such an extreme version not even of like white womanness or being in New York, but just being like incredibly privileged and rich in a way that like none of my, it none of my white difference. friends in New York live like that. You know what I mean? No. So it's like, it's just not... no one who's not... a writer
1: in like, 1998 exactly was living exactly. in an apartment, you know, in a
0: certain, you know. So I feel like, mess. you know, girlfriends, like, you do have a little bit more, like, yes, there are, two, like, I'd say, I'd say Joan is really the only one that's actually like, successful money wise. Um but you know it's just it's more it's more relatable. Like it's, you know, they yes it is LA and there's just things that are very specific to LA um as far as how much money they spend on things or whatever. But it's it it just it it makes more sense than sex in the city. Like sex in the city I'm just like No one is living this way. This is ridiculous. Um, I will say since we are, what is it? The 30th of September. So tomorrow is October October 1st. It's October. Yay. I'm so excited we made it to October. And also I am launching fall candles for Kismet and Charisma. So by the time you're listening to this, it will be October 1st or later. Um, So the fall candles will be live at Kismetandcharisma.com. And you can use the discount Heart and Hustle for 10% off. So that'll be all season long. So go get some candles. Like, honestly, our house smells amazing because we've been pre pouring because I just wanted stuff to be like ready to ship out immediately so that it would get to people fast. So that's what we've been doing for the past two weeks is just pre pouring fall candles. So it's been very enjoyable. I literally like go pour candles and then I'm like waiting for them you know, to melt or to settle or whatever part I'm in in the process. And I'm just like curled up in like my pumpkin blanket. And yeah, it's been like not a terrible two weeks in my household. So, yeah.
1: Yes. And since it's a new month, uh, I did want to talk a little bit about content because we're, yes, uh, you know, we're in the state of the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. And then I think pre-scheduling everything as much as possible is yes. probably of the utmost important. And we had that question last week about social media so I just want, you know, how to use it if you're brand new. So I'm assuming there are still brand new social media virgins out there who've never used social media for themselves or for their business. And we want to talk a little bit about just how we use content, like what, how do we create content, our process for our business and also for our clients, because we do a lot of yes. consultation on creating mm-hmm. content as well. So, uh, so we'll start with the business part and really just talking about the platforms that are out there and also what are we using for our businesses?
0: Yeah. So... For platforms for me that I'm using for my businesses specifically and not for nonprofits is uh, the big three of, of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter with a emphasis on Instagram. I do – one of the things that is a goal for me um, for Kismet and Charisma is to be more active on Pinterest going into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not – like I love Pinterest. I was one of those people that was like, I got an invite to P- to Pinterest when you had to like invite ten people at like you got up to ten invites or whatever, and you had to like beg people for like invites. Right. So I got one back then. I've been using Pinterest for a long time, so I'm very familiar with it. But I don't like to use it for business. Like I enjoy it as just what it is, and I actually like to keep my boards like not. Um, I like to keep them organized. Um, so I actually like utilize them and we'll go back and like look at recipes or like hair things or whatever. But I also realized that like, okay, that's okay for my personal, but there is a lot of potential for, you know, making money and finding new clients through a business Pinterest. Um, So I've seen so many people get discovered time and time again. And and I've come across a lot of people that I've started to follow or engage with because I found their content on Pinterest. So that's a goal for me is to step up uh, my Pinterest platform over the holidays. But I do think that Instagram is still one of the best universal platforms for whatever your brand is. Like I always been working with a new client. Like I always assess like, what is their brand? Who is their target market? That sort of thing when telling them which platforms to use. But Instagram is one that normally comes up for almost everyone. Um, and with the addition of like reels and that sort of thing, I think that like you know, it's bringing in even a little bit more of like that that Gen Z uh, population and that sort of thing. But I think right now, for a lot of people, millennials are who they're targeting because we have a lot of us have money <laughs> and we're adults, but we're like we're not. I don't know. Like we're on social media in a way that we're going to spend money a lot of times. Like the older generations are not going to be going to social media to uh, to find ways to spend money. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely. Um- now that I've revived having this blog, that that has been a primary output for content for me, which is nice because I like to control it. Obviously, Instagram for the shop, not specifically for my personal because I do not care. Like, I'm just there for stories and cue filters. Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm like... Gone are the days, I think, for me of, like, recording my life on Instagram in a, in a post format because I don't... It doesn't do anything for me. It hasn't. Yeah. I've done it for two years and I don't miss it, so... That's doing nothing. Um, Facebook, obviously, for the shop. I found that Facebook has been actually very interesting. and active in a lot of I was going to ask
0: you how Facebook is going for the it's shop. Because you've been very consistent. So I've, yeah, I've noticed that. I've just that.
1: Did some po- like some ads and seeing how that works. And Facebook obviously has a, a bigger ad platform and a buy platform in, with the integration for Instagram. People typically do not find the Instagram ads do well. So I've really not... I mean like I'm obviously investing Instagram in Instagram and audience but to me for monetization That makes sense side, to me
0: because when I see an ad on Instagram I don't like it. You're like so, whatever. You know what I mean? You're just like whatever. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. intrusive and it's like whatever but yeah. whereas
1: Facebook actually has results and there's been several, you know, people who've gotten results and I've seen results from Facebook as even just testing them very lightly and just being kind of more targeted and strategic about it. So Facebook and then obviously being a group and being an expert in different ways for just the services and the products so that keeps me You know, I get a lot of referrals from Facebook just from being in groups. And then um, Pinterest, which I want to talk about also because I was in LaterCon last week and I'm actually working on a Pinterest strategy for a client because of the way that Pinterest works. And so a friend of mine, um, Nellie from Brooklyn Active Mama, actually has talked about religiously how she's grown her audience for her blog just using her Pinterest. And she has a million plus, you know, monthly recurring views or whatever average views on her Pinterest account just from people being on Pinterest, I have about 250 plus thousand and I don't actively use Pinterest like in a targeted way. That's just from yeah. being old and on mm-hmm. Pinterest. Like exactly. that's just what <laughs> happens. If you're on Pinterest and you're old and your pins have been there forever, people just come to you and, and follow you and whatever. So 400 million people actually use Pinterest, which I didn't realize was a thing until later on last week. I saved a slide, which I was clicking and pulling up to that noise just because I wanted to bring that up since you brought up Pinterest is that it should mm-hmm. be something that all businesses are kind of using now and kind of focusing on trying to get to that audience because a lot of our audiences who are women, obviously millennial aged or a little bit older use Pinterest. And that's where mm-hmm. they find a lot of things and they're doing a lot of shopping and buying on Pinterest. Pinterest has pin stories, which I didn't realize were a thing, but apparently are very effective Pinterest ads I've always heard are really effective. So I am very excited about utilizing this platform a different way. And then I'm on LinkedIn for more so for speaking stuff. Um, really to me I don't find a ton of clients from LinkedIn but I also don't care about LinkedIn like I just genuinely hate the platform (laughs) like I don't love it it has stories but conferences are LinkedIn heavy Black in Tech was last week um the other conference I did earlier this year WPMRR like those are like LinkedIn heavy arena like people use LinkedIn business professionals use LinkedIn so I have to like be there i guess and kind of see what's happening it's also just a way for me people to show that i'm still active and doing things but now that there are mass layoffs in with disney which is mm-hmm. 28 people if you didn't get the information all these people are now linkedin because they are artists or craftsmen or artisans and they don't have skill sets that really translate to a professional job so i my goal is to be able to get a system in place to help some of these people get LinkedIn and kind of hype them yes. up and try to find their job market and niche and everything to get up. Cause I just, honestly, you know, one I thing I've been wanting understand. to do <laughs>
0: forever is to have you and or David like sit down with me and just like pay you to like make my LinkedIn. Cause you guys have the best LinkedIn's and like, yeah, I think a lot of time like creatives, like we just don't put a lot of effort and time into our LinkedIn's because like realistically it's like most of, the things that I get are through like other creatives, but I do think that it's important to have a strong LinkedIn profile and y'all like, again, within our like creative circles, like yours are just the hands down the best. Like it's not even competition and that's, I'm excited to hear that you're going to be like focusing on helping other people figure that out because yeah, that's definitely something that I see lacking in our communities.
1: Yeah. And I definitely talked to some people um, last night, like because the news was coming out and talking about what would be most effective to assist people as they get information on whether or not their job's at it. Because this information hasn't really been rolled out. Like, it's just like, FYI, we're going to let go Mm -hmm. 20,000 people. It's not like, you know that you've been let go. So this is Mm -hmm. happening all this week. So in preparation of that news and obviously grief and dealing with loss, et cetera, et cetera, just getting to a space where when people are ready for that next step because not you're not off the bat ready to look for a job but it just doesn't happen when you lose your career where you've been working with the company, most of these people for decades, their entire lives even, um how when they're ready in the next upcoming weeks, I want to be in a place where I can systemize that routine of like let's set up a LinkedIn, this is what you do, how to get references from your job. Write down your coworkers' names, like get in touch with those people, like make sure you have referrals ready, get your skill sets ready. All these systems in tech that Disney uses, a lot of them aren't transferable anywhere else. So that's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a lot to think about, but I, I don't love LinkedIn. I hate it, but you should have one. Um, and then obviously this podcast is one of our platforms, how we stay continuing to show our, um, you know, expertise in our areas, so to speak, to people who do not know us. We've obviously gotten customers from the podcast. We've gotten referrals. We've used this to kind of grow and generalize. Uh you to grow our business it's world pocket podcast day to day, and this is our fifth one that we've been a part of, so this is also another platform that is a lot of work if you are not a technical person, but it does pay off to at least be a guest on podcasts because it starts to pay off in areas of you trying to build your expertise.
0: yeah, I love it um okay, so getting into content scheduling. <gasps> uh, so there's so <laughs> many options when it comes to content scheduling it's I think it much. really depends on like it's hard to say like this is the best platform or this one's better, yeah. or whatever I think that like you need to try out a few and just really see what's best for you I always tell people um, you know it's best to kind of like not like you don't want to go in and like fully use it like literally just go in and play around with each one for you know 30 minutes or whatever however long it takes you to, to decide and then go from there because once you like start once you implement all your stuff in there, like put all your stuff in there, you're, you're going to want to just stick with it because you're going to be like, well, I, I'm already here. Um, I personally have still found that like if I'm, if I'm working for a client and getting their stuff set up, I still prefer like what Facebook and Twitter have built in. Like I still prefer that to anything else um, that like that exists. And then for Instagram, I really like Planoly. I've tried a million different things and I think that Planoly is one of the platforms. One of the reasons I like it is it works well for me and it works well for my clients. So I don't have to like constantly be switching between a hundred different types of things because it's like, it's very user friendly, but also the capabilities are, I think a lot more than what people realize if they're just using like the surface elements. Um, So yeah, because of that, like I'm a big fan of Planoly and have been forever. Um, And as far as like, Well, are we going to get into – no, we'll do that later. Okay, you go. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we can. I don't know. Um, So I won't – talk. I
1: mean, I'll talk a little bit about client usage because my clients sometimes come with tools that I don't always love, but I use them. Um, One of those tools right now that I'm working with with a client is Sprout Social, and it's, it's not my favorite, but I will say Sprout Social's marketing, content marketing team puts out probably some of the best content in terms of usability. Um, that's probably been now diminished because LaterCon just came out and like I think stole everyone's cookies and LaterCon was was trending <laughs> like the day it was happening. Like everybody was watching LaterCon and I've seen so many people on Instagram who don't even use Later as a service just being on this free platform where you see all these influencers genuinely giving away the secrets. Like it wasn't just like cutesy, like this is like really fluffy and, and, and there's a lot of fluffy content conferences that are happening with people all the time that are like very abstract. Whereas where later con had like key takeaways, everything was branded. It was very much like, this is what's happening. This is how to use these platforms. This is how to be more effective. These are things that you need to be doing, even from people who are like makeup gurus or like comedians or not just like your typical business people, but people who have virality, I guess, so to speak and have large audiences and want to talk about what they do to keep managing their platforms. I think it was probably one of the better, social media conferences that I've seen. i am not gone to a ton because I do not care about social media. Like I I care enough where I need to learn to use it, but it's not my brand. Like it's not something I love. I don't get good feels from, from social media. Like it doesn't give me like anything other than it's just another task and a chore. So I will say I do use later for Instagram just because it's visually easy to use for me. Um, Inside of WordPress, I was using CoSchedule. Shout out to my boo. I love you. I am not spending that money for you, but I still think Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the better uh, platforms and programs to use. But I have switched over to Neilio and that has been awesome for blogging is in scheduling out the blogs and also the the social media because the jetpack situation, it's now, I think you have to pay to publicize. I don't know what's happening. And so it's been helpful for me now that I'm scheduling content with other people who are like doing articles and interviews and things. So that way I can see visually in draft mode and it works very similarly to Co-Schedule. if you ever use Schedule, like it's not very different at all so those are my two main for my personal business situation but I mean I've used so many other things <laughs> and I think it's very yeah, much it's like you said like, like you so gotta figure many. out <laughs> what works best for you and um, I do miss the days like in my groups the Facebook groups that I manage obviously I just use the OG schedule option in Facebook and it's worked well for me because now I can Mm -hmm. schedule out content and post way in advance without having to like be in this group every day to post etc so that's those in platform scheduling tools are working well they work well in my opinion but I have heard allegedly whatever like the algorithm doesn't like when you schedule things for third-party apps etc etc so do with that as you may. I've not scheduled anything to Pinterest. I don't know how you do that. I've not tried it. I just pin things to Pinterest when I'm ready to pin them from my yeah, platform. that's so. what I've done so far
0: too, so. I don't know. I know people, again, like like I said, because I think I still feel like it's, to me, it is still like a fun thing, and it feels less like a work thing. So I'm not sure if that will change as I go into the season of, like, using it a little more, more strategically, so. We'll see, and we'll have to uh, chime back in on that later, but yeah, there's just a million different ways to, to schedule content. And, you know, it really just depends on what, what your specific, not even your specific needs, because a lot of them do the same things. It's just like, what sort of like, look you like, honestly, is like what a lot of it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I love and adore Planoly. I use it for, to manage seven different, um, Instagram accounts. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan. And, um, yeah there's a lot out there so you know just uh try things out and and don't be afraid to like I I have friends that have sworn up and down to me that they like something different and I've tried it and I've been like this is not for me so it's just it just yeah it just depends like I like people have been like oh I swear like I can't remember what the one is called it's like you UNUM or something. I can't remember. It's like uh for Instagram and it's a super popular one. Lots of people love it. I tried it. It, it was not for me at all. Um so it just really depends on what you like personally.
1: Mm. So also when you're creating content, especially in a visual medium, uh asset management can be a chore, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing it for multiple accounts. Um, obviously there are, are digital asset management systems such as binder which are very expensive and pricey that large corporations a lot of the time utilize but i think for the everyday modern joe it mostly all exists on your phone or in a folder in your computer somewhere so i guess we want to talk about how we organize our assets in terms of posting them to social media like how do we Organize our images. Where do we keep our images? How do we store our images? Are we backing them up somewhere? Are we just, you know, flying by a of our pants and praying to God that they don't all get erased <laughs> off the cloud somehow? Like, what are we utilizing for
0: ourselves and for our businesses? Whew. <laughs> um, I used to fly by a seat of my pants a lot with that. Um, now I back everything up to three different places. And um, it's, a, it's like the system that I use is like a little wild. But as I'm sure you guys will not be surprised uh, to find out, it involves Google Drive.
1: Um, Because I
0: I love Mm -hmm. me some Google Drive. So yeah, so I have everything backed up onto Google Drive. Um, A lot of like the content and stuff that I use, I shoot myself, um, at least for charisma and Charisma, and for like my personal stuff and for my blog stuff. So a lot of times I'm going to have that in my camera or on my phone and then I'm also going to have it on my computer and then I'm also going to have it on Google Drive and I'm also going to have it backed up. So that's kind of like the the process that I do. Now some of the things that I post are like important enough that I'm like I need like once it's like let's say the edited image that goes actually up that y'all see like some of it is like this is very important I need to keep this forever whereas like some of it is like I, I really don't need it after that you know what I mean like because it's it was to post or advertise a certain thing, a certain situation, a certain time, a certain product or whatever, that maybe I'm not going to have that same thing next year um, or for a long period of time. So it's like afterwards, like I can technically get rid of it. I don't tend to get rid of things just because I'm... I don't know why, like I just keep everything, but that is something that I'm trying to work a little bit more towards is like, okay, if you don't like once it's you know posted, if if I don't really truly need it anymore, you know, to like stop saving it. But as of right now, I save everything and I have like a complicated Google drive situation to organize everything out. And some stuff like only I have access to some stuff, my um, second designer has access to for things that i'm going to need her to come in on um so it just truly depends but yeah google drive is bay for that as it is for everything
1: god bless google drive for keeping us all alive yeah i think that's obviously primarily what i use in Sevenality as well as with studio four four even i mean studio four four has its own google drive situation with yeah its, of course i have you know um whatever, it's all Google apps for our domain names. So it's nice to be able to separate those things separately, but also integrate it as well. So I can easily access everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot of templatized social media stuff for quotes, for posts, for the blog, um, Instagram stories. So all those templates exist. Obviously those PSDs live somewhere. Um, For the animated, quick, easy, great cutie graphics that i've been using in canva because i don't have time i just like i just want to sparkle and to make it animate and it should not take as long as it takes in in photoshop to do as it does in me just uploading this picture into canva and then adding in a gif you know what i mean like it's stupid that that's yeah what it takes to get things animated but uh, i have a system for canva to get those organized and templates there so i can save those out and i i'm thinking about selling templates on Canva or something. Because I've seen a lot of people do this. You should. Most of them are
0: bad. Um, listen. <laughs> listen. Most of them are bad. Like, Honestly, I'm just being real.
1: Like, a creative market. It is really hard to
0: find. Like, like i said before, like, I love Canva. You know, um, it's great. But it, they like, there's a lack of people with a certain type of style, I guess. Yes. There's um, a
1: certain aesthetic that definitely is not more, there uh trendy on canva it's not my favorite yeah and i don't really use those things but i've seen them and i have i know people who are selling canva graphics that do amazing jobs and then i, I know people who who aren't designers but for some reason do this and so i'm like I, to me it just it depends on what you do but i think it yeah having a system there so that i can easily go in and just change out images and add things in it because most of the stuff that i do a lot of the the asset and the planning and the posting I do from my phone. Like I don't sit down on a computer a lot of times and, and post things for Instagram, schedule that stuff. I'm on my phone in my bed. It's ten thirty eight like PM and girlfriend's go You know what I mean? Like this oh is my. my. So I feel like social media work to me. While it is strategic and it does take a lot of work, content wise, but a lot of it can be done from my phone. And I re- like I would prefer to do that to keep my balance going so that I'm not downstairs in my office until one, two, three, four, five six in the morning trying Whew. to just post on instagram
0: sometimes so I think when, I like at night idea. when i can't sleep i am like laying and i'm freaking out because i'm like oh my god i haven't gone to sleep yet and then i just think to myself like well angelica's probably awake so i'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding she was, she was last night for sure oh, was up late late.
1: so yeah i think that's, that's pretty much trendier. when we get to a certain point of you know financial ability to invest in a dam we definitely will because of all the assets that we have for clients, I need to go somewhere and live somewhere else that's not Google Drive. I pay for an extended Google Drive uh, subscription, which is like two dollars a month or whatever, and it comes out of my Google Survey points. So I have not like not paid actual dollars for it, um, mm-hmm. but I do like the way that uh, the digital asset management systems work and how easy they are to utilize. And from development purposes, as we you know hire and work with. Um, contractors, I think that will be more efficient than just uploading a bunch of files to Google Drive and being like, best of luck to you. But yeah. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's ways to do things. So um, yeah, I definitely will write some links to some of those that I have used or tried with different clients who have more money than I do um,
0: mm-hmm. to let you
1: guys know which ones I've really uh, liked a lot.
0: Yeah, most of my clients don't have that sort of money so it's it's google drive <laughs> for us um but i do i do i, I really love google drive and i uh, yeah, i think that uh, a lot so then of it also oh go ahead no, no no say i think that a lot like the one of the good things about google drive though is is that a lot of people know how to use it or somewhat familiar with it so that's helpful
1: oh my word it's it's crazy to me that there are still people who don't
0: <laughs> john is using it with his students now so yeah my, it's like the
1: kids coming up are gonna yeah google her gmail account through her school domain mm-hmm. they have google classroom they have google sites yep. that they've built an app like it's a whole she's five and she knows mm-hmm. how to do that so i don't when i have a client who is relatively not tech savvy tell me like i send files a lot of time in google Drive for them to download and they're like i don't know how to do it i'm like oh my word, it hurts <laughs> it hurts um <laughs> So anyway, um, also maintaining and I think repurposing kind of go hand in hand in terms of content because content can exist forever on the internet, but it shouldn't probably a lot of the time. Like good content can last for a very long time, depending on the circumstance. But I think there are certain things that happen. So I currently like for Studio 4 4 Paper, I haven't gone and archived anything on Instagram yet because the account's so new and it's like... yeah. It's not doing anything, and if I do archive things, I have to. I feel like I have to archive three different things of a different set because there's a theme mm-hmm. <laughs> happening there. Whereas with Studio Four for my my personal, I would archive things all the time and just come back and bring them out when I feel like it. So yeah. I feel like uh, for the blog, that's what I'm doing now. Is kind of I have three hundred something posts. My my blog is really old. Going back and trying to find content that is good to be repurposed, and then also maintaining some of that content that is going to be repurposed, but also like getting rid of stuff that is completely irrelevant to whatever we're doing right now
0: um i just went in and looked because i was like i don't know how many posts i have i have 370 posts on charismaticconcepts.com um i definitely need to repurpose a lot of it i i have posted a very small handful of times this year um i definitely need to repurpose content from there i think that it'd be a smart move um i think that repurposing can be great i think that you know, I think creating evergreen content is wonderful. I also think that it's fine if you don't. Um, it just depends on, like, what direction you feel pulled in. But I think you should have – everyone should have some evergreen content. Um, but I think that looking back, especially, you know, nowadays, like, platforms are very different than they used to be, right? So, like, back in the day, people had Instagram. It was a fun thing or whatever. But you – wouldn't be like considered to be like an influencer slash blogger just having like an Instagram, right? Like you needed to have an actual blog. And nowadays you can just have an Instagram and you can still get, you know, these like deals that, you know, bloggers 10 years ago would have been like, oh my God, this is wild like this amount of money is wild so I think that like if you are in that situation going back and looking at some of your older blog posts and seeing if there's things that you can repurpose or you know kind of change up and share again like it's definitely a smart thing to do I also think that it's like let's say okay back in the day I remember we used to share like people would do like wordless Wednesday and things like that for blog posts so maybe you'd share like 10 images in that blog post and like chances are like if, you, if it's like from six years ago, which for many of us it is, and then you have been like active on Insta for like super active for the last three years, people have not seen those photos. So like right. maybe going back to posts like that and, and especially in this year of 2020 when like a lot of us aren't taking new images because we're not leaving the house as often. So going back and finding some of those images, I know for me, I've gone back to a lot of like the travel photography that I have and that's what I've been sharing on Instagram lately. And I've been sharing like captions that are more about right now, but I've been sharing like photos that I hadn't shared yet from past trips, because I was just like, well, I'm not going to go out every day and create new photos because I'm not going outside. So, (laughs) you know, um, I think that definitely like checking out maybe posts that you've had that you've maybe written about in the past, and then um, kind of like looking and saying, like, do I still feel the same way about this topic? And how would I approach this topic now? So even that can work. It's not exactly just like copying and pasting, um, you know, and repurposing that way. But it's literally like looking and seeing like, okay, I kind of feel different about this. Now I have more, you know, I've learned more, like I've had different life experiences, how would I approach this now? And it could be something simple as like, you know, best coffee shops in Orlando. And if you did that, you know, seven years ago, you're probably gonna have different thoughts on that now. And that's just using just like a very basic example. Um, But whatever your thing is, if you did, if you're a fashion blogger, and you did stripes three ways, and you did that a few years ago, you can do something like that now, and kind of update it for like, who you are now, what your style is like now, that sort of thing. So don't be afraid to revisit things and either, you know, show us something that we maybe missed before, or kind of like, rethink it and change it into something new
1: yeah i mean it's been very helpful for me as i go through i I lied i have 671 posts (laughs) that's bad i have a lot to go through um (laughs) it's not going well so i've been going through like i I think i posted like an autumn tight pics thing that i did six years ago yesterday on instagram stories because it's obviously relevant and that's apparently something i did for like two years every season. Like I'm like going back in time like you yeah, had time, sis.
0: So I'm taking advantage where, of her Where time. did all of our time come from before? Cause I don't get it. I yeah,
1: because the, the problem with like those type of blogs is that it's like creating that image obviously takes time. Researching the, the typefaces mm-hmm. to time, like being able to link all that into a blog post. Like that just time. Like I don't, I don't know, understand
0: like, how I had that time I before. Okay. I, I truly don't get it. It's not <laughs> like, like we didn't have businesses and responsibilities and relatable. stuff. it's like I don't I don't get it. No. I am I am fine. Were there more hours in the day before?
1: (laughs) I think we were in a hopeless pit of despair. Maybe that Um. and I think
0: that that's probably a lot of it to be quite like these last like four years honestly it has been hard to yeah like create in that fun way because of that so I, I do I think you're right it's the hopeless pit of despair.
1: So now that I'm carving out more time to be more intentional and creating content in that space, it Mm -hmm. it really has not taken. And it's so much easier, I think, now for me quicker because I understand templatizing things a little bit better. And I'm a better designer and a better writer and a better content creator. So I understand what I need to do and can do it quicker. So I'm like, and Gutenberg's easier to use. Like WordPress Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's not that it wasn't easy to use then, but now we have systems where we can reuse blocks and save. Templates and save whole posts as a as a template and be able to just copy that template and and put it into a new thing, it's very easily and takes half of the time that it used to when you had to have plugins to cheat the system. All the stuff is now built into core, so it's also the platform itself has been a lot easier to utilize, which is nice. So I am looking forward to repurposing a ton of content, especially for the holidays. Yes, for the holidays, embark on twelve days of mm-hmm. Christmas, which I haven't yes. done in like three years. <laughs> And twelve days of Christmas was my favorite thing. Like that was my favorite thing to do
0: when I had a blog. When yeah. I was blogging, it's
1: just collaborating Same. with the shops and things and giveaways. And um
0: that was so like all that. the holiday type posts have always been, you know, my favorite. Yeah. Like gift guides, twelve days of Christmas, all that good stuff. I know. I'm
1: very excited about the gift guide that I'm working mm-hmm. on, and like the catalog. Like it's it's really fun stuff that makes me miss the days of doing that. And I'm sure I'm like speaking to a brick wall and like an empty audience, but. I like doing it like it's nice I for think me to anybody do it, that's in so. our
0: age group is probably feeling the same way. Oh, probably.
1: Like well, yeah. anybody who's blogging and there's still people who I've followed who blogged back then who still do on a regular yeah. basis. Like that's just what they do. And so I enjoy their content. So I'm like I'm still here. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's definitely people that that were uh that were blogging back in the day that haven't stopped and are still doing well. So I'm thankful for that because I really do like that style of blogging. I feel like you just get to see more creativity and see different sides of people that you can't see like in a quick little Instagram post. So it Mm -hmm. definitely, um, it's definitely something I'd like to see kind of people return to. And I think people, I think with Instagram having so many different, like, well now there's posts and now there's stories and now there's reels. I do think that people are kind of getting to that point where they're like, okay, well I want to have somewhere else to like, Put stuff because if you say you're out like then I'm screwed like people are starting to like really like realize that like if Instagram changes stuff up like with reels a lot of people have not been getting the interactions that they used to on like posts and stuff like that and so a lot of people are realizing like it's beneficial to have your own platform to fall back on in case you know whoever Instagram Facebook Snapchat whoever wants to change things up on you and things aren't working out in your favor, your people still know how to find you. Content consultation. So as
1: our jobs as a brand strategist, that comes with a lot of content consultation for small business owners or even like personal brands or even mid-sized businesses, nonprofits, a lot of nonprofits use social media because it's free. And so those are their platforms that they mainly utilize. So I want to talk a little bit about what we do in terms of for our clients, how we work with them, in terms of like being consultants and trying to lead them to the water in the best way, so to speak.
0: Yes. So I actually really, really love um, like content consultation and like developing that strategy and kind of going through and figuring out what's going to work best for them. So, um, you know, if you're doing this for yourself, for your own business, like make sure that you know, First of all, your personal brand, like know your voice, know who you are in the market, know who you want to be in the market, know who you're trying to talk to before you're trying to actually come up with any content because people will just see what other people are doing and they're like, okay, I got to say something. It's like, okay, but who are you talking to? Why are you saying, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like you are not Wendy's like, like, this yes. is, I'm going to say
1: it now and I'm going to say it to like lose my mind. You're not Wendy's. Your brand is not Wendy's. So stop.
0: It's, to win like, Twitter the and trying equivalent to of, like, going to, like, a vegan restaurant and being, like, hello, I'm here to order the McRib. Like, it's just, like, right. know who you're talking to and what you're, like, actually asking. So, knowing your own identity as a business, as a brand, etc., that is going to be, like, the first step. And then seeing where those people are and then starting to develop that strategy for content. And so, for me, like... I've worked with people that, um, a lot of times I work with individuals for content strategy and I kind of go off of like, well, what are they already doing? And what do I think they're capable of doing as far as content? Um, so if somebody is a content creator and that is what they are doing full time, like they're not necessarily like they are a business owner, but like the business is them and their content, you know? So that's somebody that I'm going to be like, I want you on multiple platforms every single day because you're Mm -hmm. a content creator. Like that is the business. That is the brand. Um, somebody that is a business owner that is doing like, you know, has a product or has a service or whatever. It's like, I still want you to be visible, but I don't expect you to have three completely different, unique things to say on three different platforms every single day, at least especially starting out, unless you have someone who is um, doing that like part of the business for you because it's a full-time job you know what I mean um but yeah so make sure that you're knowing who you are because that's like really step one and what you want to say before you're trying to decide where to say it and how many times to say it but that's a lot of what the strategy is it's just like where am I gonna say it and how many times am I gonna say it <laughs> so that's that's what it boils down to because you know because it sounds awkward. it sounds scary when it's like develop content strategies. Right? it sounds like oh my god this is scary But it's like really like who are you talking to? Where do you need to say it? And how many times do you need to say it? Like that's really I mean, what but is. that
1: is scary. Unfortunately, that's the thing mm-hmm. is, that's why they hire us because it is mm-hmm. scary. Like it sounds simple, but when you are in your own thing, and especially if you have an older business that's trying to switch over to be more digital yeah. um, friendly, you get so tripped up over yourself that yes. you need someone else to come in from a third point of view, a third party, to come in and look at the business for what it is and how they see it and how that can be applicable to the target audiences that live on these platforms because just people just don't have the time if you're CEO of a business that's 15 years old you don't have the time to know who's on Instagram you don't yeah because you to already have Pinterest. a full-time
0: job and you've been doing that job exactly. you don't need to take on a full nether one you know and a lot of
1: people have cut all of their advertising budgets because they don't have the money because they're trying to save money for the recession, depression everything that we're going through right now and trying not to have layoffs and let people go. So they're trying to invest into these free platforms that are available and trying to utilize them to the best of their ability, but it's overwhelming. It genuinely is stressful for someone who like our listener last week and we'll I'll put a link in show notes to last week's episode. Cause the person asked a question cause they're like social media virgin like when you've never done it it's stressful mm-hmm. like it's just putting in the email to sign up like how do you sign up what platform do you use what what tool do you use and so i think what's great about us and our, what we've been doing for so long is that we have the expertise to sit down and say this is in very quickly it does not take that long to do the where you should be posting and how often mm-hmm. for us because we
0: we've been know doing it for platforms so long.
1: from the back of our hands like how they work and how to utilize them and then able to Give tutorials and take all the things that we do for ourselves every single day and be like, hey, this is the best thing for you. This is how you manage your assets. This is how you schedule your posts using the tool. So when people are using Planoly with you, you can easily say, hey, this is how you use Planoly. This is how you log in. This is what you do. Um, hashtags. This is how I like to use hashtags. This is how many hashtags you should use. You should have a hashtag library. I say that to everybody who's on Instagram. Have a hashtag library if you're using Instagram. I don't understand." Well, we don't. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. because people then automatically businesses, oftentimes don't know how to use hashtags or put links in Instagram captions and very simple, easy mistakes like that. And it shows that you're a novice and to your consumer who does use Instagram all the time. They're like, you don't even care enough to know that I can't click on this link. Why would I follow you? Like, why do I care about your content? So mm-hmm. you need to also appear relevant. I think that has a lot to do with you know developing that strategy so that we can understand the relevancy. So. When you are investing in a consultant for your content, and I know a lot of people are looking to make that move in the upcoming year, especially e-commerce businesses, as people have seen business skyrocket because they, they have so much money that they can't be one-on-one and hands-on-hands in the, the trenches with Instagram anymore or Facebook, know that you're hiring somebody who knows this information already. <laughs> like, you yeah. shouldn't have to Google whether or not I should put a link into my Instagram cap- caption. It should work. Your consultant and should come up to you and tell you, like, Don't ever put a link in this caption. Like, it's stupid. Like, don't do it. So I think that that's something to look out for in terms of hiring, but also being someone who develops content strategies that it is, like you said, it is as simple as where should you be posting, how often you should be posting, Mm -hmm. hire someone who knows that for you already. You you shouldn't be explaining it to (laughs) to the person you're hiring. And
0: I think that it's important to remember, because I think that a lot of people look at Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and they're like, it's free. It's free. Okay, here's the thing. Nothing as many, is though. truly free, right? <laughs> so it's like if a, a platform or if a service is free, chances are it's not always going to be the easiest to navigate and figure out because at the end of the day, like that means that it's going to be complicated or, or like essentially a full time job to do so. So it's like, while yes, it's free to sign up, it's not free that you're going to necessarily know how to utilize it and be someone that you're not going to have the same skill set as someone who studied it for years and years and years. I mean, good God. Like at this point, we've been studying most of these social media platforms since they started. Um, I think yeah, all of them, like, like I think we started, started, we started, you know, like, I think like since even, you know, obviously like even my, it's like, we remember like when MySpace started, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, not even like, Oh yeah, we do no, know. Like we jump on platforms the second they start and before there's even any information out there, before there's even articles out there, you will have people in our field all talking to each other and discussing and, and understanding and breaking down these platforms. So it's like, you know, we study, this is what we do. Like we just study them all the time. So I think that you have to understand that if you're, you know, hesitant about, like, well, you know, it's a free platform, yes, it's free, but how long is it going to take you? It's going to take you years to get to where you need to get to like see the results, whereas it could take you, you know, weeks to get to where you want to see the results if you're hiring somebody who actually knows what they're doing. So I just think that that's really important to remember. I know for me, there's things that there's things in the world that like, I don't know how to do like, I don't know how to make a five tier cake, right? And I bet you that I could make a five-tier cake that looks amazing and impressive if I practiced for a really long time. But I don't have that time if I'm getting married next week. So I'm gonna just hire somebody else to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that that's, I think that you should have an understanding of social media and know why you're hiring somebody. But you should also understand that like this is something that can be very complicated and take a long time. So having someone who is a professional that can sit down with you, like this is why you're paying them because it's like they really can get the results that you're going to need, That's going, especially if you're a nonprofit. I think I've worked with more nonprofits than anything, um, which is exciting because like now I'm turning around and starting my own, but it's like it is such a important thing, like an important tool to have as a nonprofit and you will still normally spend less investing in um, a content strategist or a social media manager than you would if you were to like, pay for a whole bunch of paid advertising techniques that like probably don't even benefit anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause it's like, to me, if I'm, if I'm hearing from a nonprofit, that's like, we love the environment. Right. And they send me a flyer in the mail. I'm going to say, well, you don't love the environment that much because you sent me a flyer in the mail, as opposed to like contacting, like you sending me an email or something like that, which would have been better for the environment anyway. So it's like, A lot of those types of um, marketing are very outdated. So that's just, you know, again, knowing who your audience is and what you represent. If you're trying to talk to a certain crowd that's like 60 plus, then maybe mailers is the way to go. But outside of that, I'm not really seeing it.
1: Yeah, I, I got a ton of mailers. This, uh, I just checked my mail. I check it like once a week. <laughs> so throw all these things away. Um, consistency, I think is key. And you need to know that it takes time to get results. Do not hire someone and expect to be like number one tomorrow on Google search results for SEO or to hire someone and inspect your engagement to be you get ten thousand followers in a day. If you have ten thousand followers in a day, they are either like posted a sex tape on Instagram and something or you're a bot. Like you you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. did something crazy ridiculous. So um And if
0: they're a bot, they're gonna mess up your algorithm because you're gonna have too many people it, following and and not enough people so in shops
1: now that I'm doing my own engagement for studio 4 paper who do buy bots and it's very obvious. And so it's very hard to find their content in hashtags. They don't show up because they obviously have invested in these follower for follower programs that are very rigged. And a lot of the accounts that are following them are inactive other than just following people. So don't do it. Like, it's just it sounds good. It sounds good to get to that 10,000 so you can get a little swipe a button real quick. I totally understand. I get it. Like, we all want it if we had, don't have it. Like, I, it's something that we all like, but it's not worth buying a bunch of followers for you just look ridiculous
0: yeah it's it's truly not and unfortunately i've seen some people get to that mark like this year over quarantine that kind of like had just tried to rush like they'd get a lot of people to be like i you know tell everyone to like tell me to get to, and unfortunately it's it's content creators who i absolutely like loved their content And now, unfortunately, because they just feel, I don't know if they feel like just a pressure to constantly produce or whatever, but their content has gone like way down. And it's literally, it's wild because it's like people that I like, I don't necessarily go on and just like post on Instagram and just tell everybody like follow this person, but I'll tell individuals like, Hey, I think you should follow this person. Or if it's like someone that is really, truly doing something awesome. Like when you opened your paper shop, I'm like most of the people in my circle who follow me on Instagram are going to resonate with your paper shop. You know what I mean? So it's not wild for me to be like, go support, but like, people that are content creators that are told people go support and now they're posting stuff that's way out of what they were supposed to. I don't want to give examples because I think y'all be able to like put two and two together from the examples, but um, I've had people come to me and be like, wow, this person is no longer posting that stuff at all that we followed them for, you know, a few months ago. Now that they have, you know, 10,000 followers are just posting this other random nonsense. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's not the best. So then you like have that original audience that you built up over time And you've alienated them, and they're no longer interested in your content. So, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Definitely happened to
1: me. I definitely have followed someone um, who did that. Came became popular based on speaking about racial stuff. Yeah, and and the content went terrible. Like it's terrible now. Mm -hmm. So I don't follow them. Um, So some key takeaways, because we're you know running short on time. I think, uh, like we said before, don't sacrifice quality over content. Quantity should be like number one because you will lose followers like it shows um have a plan for your social media whether you know what tool you're going to use write things down even if you are using a notebook an old school calendar whatever it is just have something that keeps you accountable because that is the only way you're going to be consistent because if you don't have that accountability built in you don't care like if i don't post instagram no one's gonna you know pass away or something so it's not like the stakes aren't high enough for you to do it but if you do want to see results you do have to be consistent unfortunately So have that accountability built in, whether it's for yourself or through an accountability partner or hire someone to be accountable for you. Mm
0: -hmm. So those, I
1: think, are my, my top two takeaways.
0: Um, yes, I would say, um... My top two takeaways would be make sure that you are repurposing where you can, especially in this season of 2020 where things are so complicated. Remember, repurposing doesn't always just mean taking something and reposting the exact same thing. You can put a new spin on it, you can update it to how you feel now because you've evolved as a person. Um, and again, when you're going into that content strategy, know who you are, know what you want to say, because if you're not, and know where to talk to your people, because if not, it does not really matter. You're just creating content that's just not really reaching the people that you want it to reach. Um, And don't be afraid to hire somebody if you need to. You can hire people on all different levels to help out with some of it, to help out with all of it. So no matter what your budget is, you can find someone in that budget. Um, And definitely make sure that you are following us on Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast, at uh, Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcast, and on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod. And we would love to see your content. So make sure that it's in front of our eyes and we'll share it with our audience. Yes, so thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. All right, bye-bye. Bye.